Warning, this podcast may contain adult themes and inappropriate language not suitable for the kids. You've been warned. Greetings, everybody. We're about to have a great old time. (laughs) (laughs) EFTM. Tech. Cars. Lifestyle. This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long, Chris Bowen and Jeff Quattromani. Yes, this is the place where you'll hear two people tonight muse about tech, cars and lifestyle. We're missing one, that man being Jeff Quattromoni, but Trevor Long, thankfully, is here. Hello, Trev. How have we just suddenly become from the 1920s? I don't know why. This is the BBC <laughs> from London. What about those? Remember those old, um, what are they called, newsreels and stuff they used to play at the... Yeah. It's like just <laughs> the strangest... It's just the strangest thing to think that that is how newsreaders spoke. That's how presenters were... And now, you know, you turn on the TV and it's just just everyday people talking everyday language, really, isn't it? You, to catch up with the news, you go to the uh, the theatre, yeah. basically. theatre. And now you get, you know, Periscope notifications about something that's on fire in Lakemba. That's a very good point. <laughs> like, courtesy of Channel 7, they do it well. Chris Bowen, Trevor Long with you, talking tech, cars and lifestyle. Jeff Quattromani, happy birthday. It is oh, his yes. birthday today. I assume that's not why, that's why he's not here. <laughs> Topic. Who gives a rat's? EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast with Trevor Long, Chris Bowen, and Jeff Contramani. This is a tough topic to discuss for us, Bowen, and it is in that egotistical sense because well, we don't really have to buy televisions, so we review them so much. Yes. But I speak to a lot of people, especially when I was on the radio back in the good old days. <laughs> um, you know, I want to buy a new TV, I'm going out to buy a new TV, and it's a massively interesting topic for me because all the, uh, we've had Samsung, LG, Hisense, Panasonic announce their new 2018 TV range and prices for Australia yep. This basically this week. I've seen ads all over the TV for um, like Harvey Norman, like basically like car run-out sales yep. because they want to get rid of all the 2017 models. Shift the stock, yeah. And and it kind of makes me think what is the what is the average budget for a TV at home because mm. the all the companies tell us mm. and and it is indicatively what I hear people want sixty five inches they want the bigger screen TV Samsung is bringing out a bunch of seventy fives I think fifty five is absolutely the minimum for a lot of blokes um, you know at home not wanting a, a smaller TV than that mm. but what do you reckon people are spending because it's 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 often off putting because the TV companies only want to talk about their big stuff the OLED mm. QLEDs, but actually the biggest sellers are all the you know thousand fifteen hundred dollar TVs. Mm. I don't know. What do you reckon? I don't know if you've got any anything anecdotal from other mates or just people you've spoken to. But what do you reckon people are spending on a new TV? Assuming their old one is either one or two reasons really, isn't it? Either breaks or they just realise it's smaller than they want in their lounge room. Well, first of all, what is regarded as old now in terms of a TV? Is it purely based on size or actual time? Because five years for a TV for yeah, me... Yeah, they say five to seven years is the life of a TV. One yeah. of the reasons a lot of people might go to a new TV if they've got a five-plus-year-old is because mm. a lot of the new channels are only available on newer TVs. Of course, yeah. So that that's one reason. But I just think most people look at it now and they go, I've got a 43-incher yeah. and I could definitely fit a 65 in there. Look, it's hard to talk broadly about you know the average price because everyone lives in a different world obviously but mm. I, I feel personally around 1500 would be about as far as I'd go yeah. you know what I, I sold a television I don't know a couple of years ago it was a 55 inch TV um, which I did buy and it was a, it was functioning it was fine it was probably three or four years old and, and I sold it to someone on eBay for four hundred dollars. Perfectly good TV. So I think there's actually other options out there to get your hands on something. If you don't want the latest and greatest, of course. But yeah, for me, 1500 that's about 
the extent I'd go to. See, you know, there's the there's the no name brands like yeah. Sonic at uh, yeah, JB Hi-Fi. Mm. Like fifteen hundred dollars mm. gets you a seventy inch Sonic TV. Like you look at that and you go, oh man, that's a big TV. What's the that's... warranty? Well, what, you know, yeah. all these things are covered by Australian consumer yeah, law, so you know, so yeah. be it. It's yeah. not a bad thing. Yeah. But, you know, comparatively, you pay $1,500 for a 55-inch Samsung. Yeah. Uh, there is an, I'm just looking at the JV Hi-Fi website. Mm. It just seems to me that, that 50, you're spot on. 1500 bucks is the sweet spot for mm. a TV. Jeez, um, mate. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a Hisense here, mm. their Series 7, which is a bloody great TV, 65-inch mm. for 1500 bucks. So the reason now's the right time to buy is mm. because they've got to get rid of them all. And so 1500 bucks right now buys you a cracking good TV. But see, with TVs, then comes the accompanying soundbars. I mean, everyone has that. No one uses the TV, or well, people do. I think people TV do. speakers, really? I think people are only just discovering soundbars, yeah. to be honest. I really? think it's a new market. Okay. It's a, like, they've been around for a while. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I think it's a, it's a solid new market. Mm. LG have launched a new range of soundbars with Meridian built in. Mm. Samsung has still got their soundbars, plus they've got mm. Harman Kardon on their own now. Um, I was looking at some new JBL stuff mm. the other day. There's some good soundbars out there, but let me let me just tell you about 2018. So assuming you don't buy TV in this period where TVs are being run out, mm. assuming you want so badly the very latest TV, that $1,500 budget of yours gets you a 50-inch 2018 model mm. LG TV. Um, just. That's $1,649. Wow, now, on day one... You're probably not going to get much of a discount on that, but you might get them down to fifteen ninety nine or something. Mm. Um, but remember, all these prices they 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 drop so quickly. Like these are the, when they announce prices like this, whether it's Samsung, LG, Hisense, whatever. These are their recommended retails. Mm. So while the top end, you know, LG's seventy seven inch um, OLED at fifteen thousand mm. dollars, probably not going to get much of a discount on that. But a sixty five inch TV, I'm just looking at. LG's 65-inch um, 4K TV, $3,599. Wow. Now, there is a there is a 65-inch OLED that's ten grand. There's a 65-inch oh, OLED at six and a half grand. I think most people going to OLED are buying 55 inches, and that's still four grand. That's a poor, See, inv- very poor investment. Four grand's a lot of money. Oh, that's ridiculous. You know, there's also a category out there like my in-laws who for years still had a, ch- a tube TV up until a couple of years ago. Hmm. Uh, and then they invested in one of these no-name brands, and it'd be a 50-inch. I think it's a PowerSonic or, or something like yeah. that. And they're perfectly happy with that. There'll be a lot of elderly people out there. And you know what? They could afford quite an expensive TV. They just want to see some pictures oh. on a flat-screen TV. So and a lot of people ask, why would I buy the you know the big name? Yeah. Um, one of the reasons is because of what it's able to do for a poor picture. Now, in our dining room out there, I've got a $200 yep. Dick Smith TV. So yeah, it's a Kogan TV, yeah. right? 4K, mm. 40 inches probably, yeah. um, 200 bucks. Yeah. And it looks great yeah, sure. when you're watching 4K. Mm. But if you watch something in standard definition or even high definition, it doesn't know how to make the pixels or it doesn't know upscaling, right? Mm. So that's where your Samsung... Uh, Sony, LG, that's where you get value when you're watching a lot of TV and it's not all 4K. Mm. Um, and I think that's the problem people need to realize is that, you know, you, you are spending money on something. It depends what you watch. Mm. So, for example, if you pretty much just watch Netflix in 4K off some sort of box like an Apple TV 4K that you've bought, mm. mate, just buy the cheapest TV you can get. It, it'll look pretty darn good. Mm. Um, so comparatively against the, the LG, Samsung's pricing, they've got a 75-inch TV at four grand. 
Wow. That's pretty good for a Samsung 75-inch TV. Your $1,500 will get you a 49-inch TV. A 55-inch will cost you $1,800. Mm. So you see where these big names Mm. struggle to give you value at that, I think, sweet spot for the consumer at $1,500. Hisense, for example, um, their TVs, you get a 50-inch Hisense for for $1,500. So, again, Hisense kind of win the the value proposition there because it's a bigger TV. Mm. I don't know, though. I just just don't think – I think it's tough because the TV companies would hate me saying it, but I don't know why you'd buy a TV right now, a 2018 model, because they're going to be cheaper in six months. Yeah, yeah, well, you don't want to just be an early adopter. And there's plenty of people out there who need to have the latest and greatest tech. Aren't there? Yeah, well, <laughs> who earn a decent wage and can't afford it? Do you know what? And pull it off. Like if you could afford it, though, then that's when you go crazy. I yeah. think those, I think those people are buying the crazy end, you yeah. know, OLEDs and Samsung's big stuff. Mm. But I just think that bottom end is, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit, little bit different and interesting. Yeah. But I'd be interested to hear from people. Uh, we're on at EFTM. If you're on Twitter, uh, the Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. What is your budget? Like if you're, if you're, we're talking to the blokes, if you're want a new TV and you, what, what price are you going to get by the missus? Mm. And if you're the missus, what are you, what are you proposing we spend on the TV? Cause we all know she's the minister for war and finance, <laughs> right? What are you proposing we spend on a TV? Um, and how much value do you reckon you can get for it? Hit us on EFTM. A lot of these interest-free deals, like with Harvey Norman, surely that's how people are achieving this. It must be. Yeah, no one, I mean, very few people have the cash to just go and splash up to 4K in one go. I, I mean, I, this is beyond you, you, you know material. You're spot on, but then yeah. JB don't offer that, do they, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. sure they do have financing, but yeah. see, that's how Harvey's, I think that's how Harvey's yeah, upsells you. Like, yeah. if you're going 48 months interest-free or yeah. whatever it is, yeah. mate, an extra grand. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Exactly. No drama, right? Worry about it later. Worry about it later. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what everyone's doing. Yeah. Oh, well. Good luck to you. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long, Chris Bowen, and Jeff Quattromani. Now, I think last week on the podcast, if you caught up to that particular episode, I mentioned I'd be going to a Toyota Hilux launch in South Australia in the Flinders Ranges. Now, of course, the Hilux model, the latest one, came out in 2015. They've introduced three, what they call, hero halo models. Right. So it's not a new Hilux. No. It's variants. Not. It's based on the SR5 and also the SR. So there's three different variants, very rugged looking things. We have the Rugged, the Rugged X, and the Rogue. They, is this in response to Ford? I mean, essentially, you've well, got... the Ford has so many variants of the Wild Ranger, track, and the Wild Track, and the now Raptor. they've got the Raptor coming out. Is yeah. this preemptive slash reactive? Well, Holden are doing the same thing. They've got sports the cap. Colorado Sports Cat and the Sports Cat Plus. I mean, Volkswagen introduced the, the V6 Amarok. Uh, they call that the Ultimate. And then you get all these black and premium titanium patches, uh, mm. packages with things like the, the Triton and the Navara. So there's certainly a market uh, for dual cabs and adding a bit of flair to them. But anyway... These uh, particular models from Hilux are priced, priced from fifty-four grand right up to around sixty-three. So expensive stuff for a Hilux. And look, it's powered by the same two-point-eight-litre diesel engine, same transmissions. There's no power gains. There's basically no improvements to the running gear whatsoever. They drive exactly the same. But what they have done, particularly on what they call the rugged models and the rugged X models, is give them some serious off-road credentials. Things like integrated bull bars with those, you know, those LED yeah, I looked um, at that. light strips that a lot of people buy. We'll put the video market. up at the Facebook yep. page, uh, facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. Mm. You did a little walk around video where you went up close about halfway through. You yeah, went yeah. up close to the bull bar and the LED lights. Tell me about the bull bar because that mm. was, 
I've got to be honest, don't, I don't know of a, another time I've seen an integrated bull bar like that. I've seen plenty of mm. bull bars oh. that are made factory, you know, to, well, to look like they're integrated, but they still look like big metal bull bars. Well, plenty of those bull bars replace the bumper, yes. uh, the traditional bumper. This looks like a part of the car. And the Hilux has always been criticised for having like a sort of overbite look to it. And they've really eradicated that look now. So it's completely built into the chassis. It's a part of the car. It's completely, you know, the one package. And it's got this light strip, 24 LEDs. Mm which lights up when you put the high beam on. And let me tell you, I mean, everyone knows they're bright. That's why they buy them. It is very, very bright. We used it at the campsite as we were getting around to go to dinner one particular night. And and seriously, you could see the silhouettes of people inside tents. That's how bright it was. Lucky it wasn't, you know, some shenanigans going on. So, you know, it's got things like a a bash plate on the bottom to prevent damage to the the front components of the car. You've got all these, you know, really heavy-duty anchor points. What are those running bars on the side that, that I might have think of as just those kind of step-ups, but they're actually there for rigidity over... Yeah. So when you go like a low clearance, essentially where you bottom out, yeah. yep. it's okay to do that because those bars take the weight of the vehicle as you kind of push through, push over that, that hill. Yeah, look, they're not uncommon as an aftermarket accessory. But, but to be factory-fitted. Factory-fitted and covered by a factory warranty. It not only carries the weight of the car, but it'll carry the weight of a fully laden car. Mm-hmm. So they, they took us on a test run over a creek bed and actually asked us to basically bottom out over a pile of boulders, and we'll put this video up as well on our Facebook page, um, and, and so basically I was to avoid the boulders with the front wheel and then full lock to the right and bottom out. And, and, and the sound it made was horrific. <laughs> it feels like you're ripping the guts out of the car. It completely pivoted over the top of it, and uh, we just continued on as usual afterwards. And, and then we, I, I pulled over with my co-pilot at the time, another journalist, and said, we, we need to look at actually what's happened there, because that didn't sound good. Look, superficial scratches that you'll never see on the bottom of the car mm. on these rock rails. So, look, that's pretty heavy-duty gear. Um, there's, you know, black decals on, on the bonnet, which give it that aggressive sort of which look. Which one was the uh, the one you did the walk around on? That was the Rugged a, X. A, a bronze colour. Yeah, orange. nice colour. That was the Rugged and X. And a lot of black on it. Like the, yep. it, it felt like they'd just gone, where else could we put some black? Yeah, lots of black. The, 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 the rims are black. You've got that big black sports bar on mm. the back, which is huge. That's a significant piece of infrastructure they've thrown on all the models. Then you've got the Rogue. So the Rogue's a real interesting one. Um, it's co-developed with the people in Thailand and, and Jap- uh, um, the Japanese, um, obviously, the head office over there, whereas the other two models are entirely designed in Australia. All those uh, accessories and the look of the car came out of Australia. So they're not international models. No, so the Rogue is a global vehicle. <clears throat> right. And it has a bit more, I wouldn't say Euro feel, but it's more of a generic feel, but uh, look... Um, it's more for upmarket, I guess. It has that um, premium interior that the Rugged X has, which is why it's priced around the same point. It lacks some of that off-road sort of gear, so it's more for the urban warrior who wants to get away on the weekend. So, like, think of that as, you know, an Amarok Ultimate or the top-of-the-range Colorado. But, uh, look, they've, they've done well, mm. but essentially you're spending a lot of money for an SR5 that's just got a few bits a lot of people are that anyway. Yeah, because it's still got the same rubbish infotainment system. Yep, no Apple CarPlay, which is on its, on its way. They're going to introduce that in the new Corolla at some point. Also lacks any sort of driver safety tech. Um, no AEB, no um, you know, <coughs> lane intervention. Um, so all that sort of thing's still missing. Don't think tradies give a rats. Toyota have always been behind. Well, that's the thing. I guess... Is it for cashed up tradies? Because who well, else is it for? Well, I, I think there's now a gap in the market where we don't have sedan based utes, so people are looking for right. toys. 
you know, Tonka trucks, basically. Mm. And interestingly, I mean, Toyota did launch the Tonka truck concept um, vehicle, which was so cashed up tradies, tradies buy the Hilux, Ranger, Amarok, whatever, and your. Uh, let's just call them cash up bogans with jet skis and well, th- and things. Buy these for their weekend getaway car. Th- think how many people you and you still do. You said the old one used to get around in HSV Malus mm. with you know sign writing all over them for a plumbing company. Yeah, right. I mean, imagine driving one of those around all day a V eight pumping out well over three hundred kilowatts. I mean, I guess that you know these are all cashy jobs. Like it's just they're just write offs really. Yeah, um, it's, it's made. It's, it's it's bought through the company. Yeah, it's leased, yeah, exactly. and uh, and why the bloody hell not? So it's feeling avoid. Look, cops criticism. Um, the Mercedes X Class was also unveiled recently. It's priced around the same point as some of the upper um, versions in the in the Hilux range. But look, the S Class. It's not receiving good reviews at all. It's no. just, it's a Navara. I've sat inside it in, in Frankfurt. Nothing special. It, it looks like a Mercedes. It doesn't feel like a Mercedes. Uh, we haven't driven one yet, so we'll find out at uh, a later date, no doubt, given our great relationship with Mercedes Benz. Um, but Sorry about the scratch. Look, I've got to say, though, I've got to say, we'll talk about that later. I've got to say, I, the territory we covered through the Flinders Ranges, and I've never been so down just, there. Yeah, just point me out here. I've no idea. Where yeah. the hell is the Flinders okay, Ranges? Okay, so it's about 400 k's north of Adelaide directly. So we flew to Adelaide, and then we had a charter flight, a Rex charter flight to Port Augusta. So you go straight up that straight that sort of comes to a point mm. at Port Augusta, and then the Flinders Ranges is probably 200 k's from there in terms of driving. Mate, right. it is, it's, look, I've been to some amazing places, Great Ocean Road, uh, parts of Germany, Queenstown, New Zealand, um, you know, even the Gold Coast, Interland, great uh, driving roads up there. It's something special. Uh, it is, it reminded me of Death Valley in uh, Nevada, mm. uh, not to the same scale, but just the colours you see, the, 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 just the history there as well. There's so many derelict buildings on the side of the road from the, you know, the 19th century. It's just desolate. And let me tell you, emus everywhere. Emus everywhere. Really? We had a lot of close encounters with emus, I've got to say. Thankfully, most of them had uh, bull bars apart from the rogue. But look, we covered some territory. You know, I think we did some four-wheel driving up around Walker hmm. um, a long time oh, ago. Oh, wow, back in the Turag. In a Turag, <laughs> which we shouldn't have done. No. There are some roads that you look at and you go, look, that's just crazy. We're, we're not going to go up there. Well, we did in the Hilux. Um, it, you know how sometimes you have past a really steep mountain. You go, imagine just driving after that. Well, we did it. We did it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like just the gradient would have been obscene. Imagine the, if we didn't have kids and wives. Wouldn't it be great just to take a car and do that kind of stuff? I was concerned about my welfare at uh, varying points. And, and we, I, we did get a puncture on my particular car the, the, because the, the, road, the, the track was covered in sort of shell style rocks that look like axes. So, and, and we were just running on Bridgestone Jewelers, which are basically a road, off-road style, halfway between tyre, not all-terrain tyre. So, yeah, we, we slashed a tyre uh, and had to have a recovery crew come up the other side of the mountain and retrieve us. But it's just reminded me, it's not the most capable off-road vehicle in the world, but it just reminds me how modern cars these days, particularly these dual cabs, can do things like that yeah. so easily. Uh, and I wouldn't say I'm an expert in four-wheel driving, but it's just a matter of pointing and accelerating and away yeah. these things go. Um, so, look, whereas only five, not, not even five percent, one percent of them will ever do that. Well, that's right, exactly. <clears throat> that is true. I reckon. And, I reckon towing a jet ski or a boat mm, to the river, yeah, is about as close as those things well, get to going mate, off-road. With that, you're spending that sort of money. There's no way I would put my own car through what we put those cars. Through. <laughs> it's just, you just wouldn't do it. I mean, they. 
Well, right, so if it was a thirty thousand dollar with yeah. the same capabilities, no drama. You'd need a serious cut and polish. I was with a bloke from a four wheel drive magazine, a quite prominent four wheel drive magazine, who said, "Look, I've got a Pajero. Uh, sorry, yeah, no, what was it? A Pajero, he does have a Pajero, and he's thinking about doing the Telegraph track in, in Cape York. And he said, mm. "Mate, I'm just not sure I want to risk my own car on that sort of that sort of track." And goes, and then he said, "I certainly wouldn't risk it here either." <laughs> so. Very few people are doing it. If you are, you've obviously got a good cut and polish dealer um, to get rid yeah. of the uh, the scratches at the end of the day and, and repair bits and pieces. But look, serious off road work. Um, three new Hilux on the market. You'll uh, they'll be on sale shortly. Good little presentation down there. It, they'll do well. There's no doubt about it. It's the number one selling car in Australia. You know they sold 18 million of them since about 68, and they're coming up to one million in Australia since they went on sale. It'll really? happen later this year. Yeah, so one million Hiluxes have, have been sold here over time. There's probably still 995,000 of them running around. Yeah, well, exactly. And out there, essentially, that's all you see, yeah. that along with Nissan's. Um, so, yeah. look, it's a, it's a durable car. I'm not sure it's unbreakable, uh, which has always been the claim. Lacks technology. Interior is a little bit bland. But this has certainly spiced the range up. It's my only problem with the Hilux is... It, Especially if you're a, mm. a trader or a, mm. someone using it as a work vehicle, you're in it all day. Mm. Like, I'd be looking for the interior personally, but that, that's just me. This is the EFTM podcast with Trevor Long, Chris Bowen, and Jeff Contramani. Nah. Where it? He's not here. Hey, Jeff, you're not here. It's not like he's late. It's his birthday. What is he, 31? Is he 31? I think so. I think he's 32. Or is he 31 going in? Oh, I don't know. Do you think you'll start acting 31? Nah. Okay. Probably, nah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. He's lost. Pretty change. confident Can't that wait. by the end of the year, he'll be a different person. When's it due August, isn't it? Yeah, it's got an A We're in not it. not far off, actually. It's coming up. Yeah, no, it's pretty close. Mm. Anyways, uh, you're still wearing that uh, that watch, Bodog, and you've published mm. an article at EFTM.com, yeah. which uh, I think, mate, credit to you, because and I'm guilty of this mm. 95% of the time, even with product reviews, having you know written a couple of lines about how I felt it and what it was. Mm. Uh, you publish a few uh, pre, pre-approved pre quotes that came in the press release, mm. and off you go, done. You went, oh, this is interesting. This is Aussie Watch, mm. and you sent a bunch of questions to the boss of the company, <laughs> yeah. and you've published those. Oh, it's a fascinating story. Grant Menzies, the general manager of a company called Adina. So uh, it's based in Queensland, Adina, A-D-I-N-A. And look, I've got to say, this is just a, an analog watch. It's got an orange uh, plastic strap. It's quite well built. But there's only so much you can say about an analog watch in a review. I mean, mm. I, I think I said... It tells the time. It tells the time. It tells the date. It, it seems quite durable. It's good if you want to go diving. doesn't have a light. It doesn't have We've a established light. established that. But it does, I, I subsequently established, it does have the, the neon fluorescent... Um, hand pieces. Retraction on earlier podcast statistics. in the dark if you haven't been near a light source for a little while, though, I must say. I've got to say. It's true, though. It's good for diving, and I won't be going diving anytime soon. Good for diving. Which divers are using an analog watch on their wrist? (laughs) Oh, I think I've been down here for maybe 10 minutes. But look, it got me interested in the fact that um, it is an Australian company, and there's another one here as well. Purcell. That's right. So I think it's just them and uh, Adina. So they're based in Queensland, and I did pose a few questions to the general manager of the company, 
And uh, he certainly wrote back an essay. And one of the first questions I, I asked him, I said, look, the rise of smartwatches, because I yeah. went through this phase recently when we were trialling the Fitbit Ionic, and I said, look, is that some sort of threat to your business? And he raised a good point. He said, well, mate, they've been around for a long time. Uh, I remember kids at school pointing out to me they had the latest and greatest digital watch. I mean, that was a smartwatch back then. I guess, You think yeah. about, you know, they so had he's, personal he, assistance so in he them. sees the smartwatch as essentially the digital watch. Yeah. Um, that, as it was for the last 20 or 30 years. Like there was a Casio that was basically a calculator. You've basically got your analog watch or your digital watch, and he sees the smartwatch falling into the digital watch category. That's exactly right. Yeah, right. yeah. and look, there's also a, a bit of a threat from China because watches can be made very cheaply over yeah. there. And he- I subscribed to a watch. Mm. Like I had a the watch society, I think mm. it was, or wrist society. That's right, I remember you did. And it yeah. was, I don't know, I paid like four or 500 bucks, yeah. and I got a watch a month. Yeah, yeah. They're all rubbish watches, yeah, yeah. like quality-wise. Mm. But, you know, it was good to have a different watch every month. Mm. But, you know, the thing here is we're not talking about rubbish here. We're talking mm. about a, a four, dollars 500 watch yeah, to start off. Yeah, $369, this one. So one of the, their cheaper um, models, they've got over 600 So, look, they've got... Models? Ab- absolutely. It's a 40-year history. It's been around for a long oh. time. It's a real family institution. He's taken over from his father. Uh, and, look, watchmaking's a real craft, obviously. I mean, these mm. are handcrafted and put together. So I wanted to know... In terms of that area of expertise, is it becoming like, I don't know, locksmiths or certainly blacksmiths have gone by the wayside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a there's a school in Ultimo at the TAFE, um, which is pumping out Australian watchmakers. Really? And so they utilise that TAFE in Sydney and that's where they get all, all of their from talent that? from. I'm a bit blown away by what TAFE teaches, right? Oh, My no. brother-in-law is doing a wooden boat building course. <laughs> wooden? Listen, how is there a course at TAFE... For wooden boat building, let alone watchmaking. <laughs> how do you how do you wake up one day and go, you know what? I want to put together a handcrafted watch as a career. Yeah. How, like like you've got to, I mean, I love my watch, but mm. nah, don't want to build one. Mm. And also, it doesn't really seem like a great career path. Like, that'd be as, about as well received by your parents as, oh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a musician. Mm. Oh, great. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. good. I'll, you st- stay living with me then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, it, admittedly, he did say they are scarce. Um, it's quite a small um, intake. Currently, he's got two apprentices, so they're doing as much as they possibly wow. can. So, look, these are young people who are obviously, you know, in a, from an engineering point of view, interested in really fine detail, as watches obviously are. Um, look, they use Australian steel in all of their watches, which is fantastic. Um, he goes on and on and on. But, look, I, I asked him about how he promotes his company. And mm. in terms of, you know, is it online? And he said, look, they've taken a very different approach. They've um, certainly got an online presence, which was, they say, nerve-wracking after being around for 40 years. They didn't yeah. have any expertise in that area. But, look, they've got 300 retailers nationally, and it's basically, basically a bit of word of mouth and some social online marketing. They've got a bit of energy around Facebook, Instagram, and even LinkedIn. Um, there's a hashtag, Adina Adora. So there's a little niche group of people out there who mm. are really, really keen on the brand. See, this is the thing. Watches, mm. are, mate, it is a bit of a cult thing. You become loyal. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, if you're a watch person, you mm. do you, you you look at the market. Yeah. Now, yeah, there's you know investment bankers who are looking at Rolexes and tags and all these kind of things. Mm. But you know, for people like oh, yeah, remember I, I had such a great relationship with Casio. I've got so many edifice watches. I That's love right. them. They're yeah, they're yeah. a nice watch, yeah, yeah. and I'm quite happy to say I, I love a Casio edifice. Mm. I did have a I did buy a Bucell because mm. um, I, th- I found it fascinating. They had one with a with Australian sand in the crown. That mm. was its its unique selling point. Mm. 
And I think people seek out these things. And so the cult nature of it is, is genuine. Absolutely. So look, he, he's been with his father now for 22 years as part of the business. So he's probably the longest serving um, guy up there. He started off as a rep and now he's into the logistics side of things, being the general manager. They've got just under 20 staff members. They had a bit of a difficult time during the GFC, but they, right. they bounced back. So look, for an Australian company to pump out watches in Brisbane yeah. is a pretty damn good achievement. And look, obviously, look, I've been Santa Watch and I gave it a brief review and interviewed the boss. Um, I'm not a watch expert, but look, just based on what I've experienced over a good month or so now, it's a very well put together watch. It feels and great. You, I'll tell and you, I'll about, get plenty of comments. Uh, I mean, if you were to start reviewing watches in, in greater detail, yeah. I would... If you get sent another watch, well, let me mm. put it to you this way. Mm. It, and look, let's not beat around the bush. This mm. is what happens here at EFTM. Sometimes yeah. people just say, here, would you like to look at this thing? And you're yeah. like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, the thing that, that I think is critical to you is you've gone, oh, it's, it's, it has, it's been lovely. Mm. I'll give you a crap watch yeah. to wear <laughs> yeah, for, for a month and you won't wear it. Yeah. Like the, the band isn't easy to put on. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, the, the, it's, there's just little things that do bug at you. And yeah. so it's good to hear that an Aussie one is, is not doing those things. The bands are important. We had problems with the Fitbit, didn't we? The Ionic. Oh, it, it, I didn't like it. See, that's the, the thing. You try and be innovative with the bands. It's just, don't, don't be innovative. We worked out watches years yeah. ago. Yeah. Done. The only thing. That mm. I've always claimed everyone should jump on mm. is with metal wrists, mm. metal metal straps, metal mm. bands. Mm. You know the link removal. Mm. Apple created a system where you can remove the links yourself. Mm. Click button, click button, done. Mm. Mm. Whereas you still got these stupid pins, and, and it's just dumb. Yeah. They yeah. should they should introduce Apple's theory, yeah. and metal watch bands would be hugely popular if they did. Yeah. Well, there you go. And look, the most important thing he's taught me, Grant, from. Uh, Grant Manzies from Adina is that they're using 100% Swiss-made movements. That's crucial for keeping accurate time. So they they bring the movements in. Yeah, of course. It's then... Swiss-made, of course. Yeah, right. Okay. That, that particular... That's a big you know, deal. They though. do it well, yes. obviously. Um, they've been known to do it for, for, for centuries, basically. So, look, and they've also got the ability to, to repair the watches if you need to send it back. Yep. Um, so... Look, it's just a good Aussie story. Sure, being sent on a watch, we do get sent things. That's just how it Adina, works. Adina, A-D-I-N-A. Check them out. Check. And uh, Bowen's full review and interview with the boss is at EFTM.com. This is the EFTM Podcast. With Trevor Long, Chris Bowen and Jeff Contramani. EFTM. Well, Bodog, we, yeah. missed, we missed one of the biggest events of the year because you were in... Um, the Flinders Rangers. Flinders Rangers, like the was, Leyland Brothers. I was just busy. Um, <laughs> Ford. Well, it was interesting because Ford, and again, uh, behind the curtain, um, you know, you get an invite to an event. They don't tell you what it is. They just say it's big. Mm. I've got to be honest with you, 95% of the time when they tell you it's going to be big, it's not. Like a lot of the time they'll say, do you, do you agree to an NDA? We've got something very big. And I'll go, mm. listen, you're going to have to tell me under embargo because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not coming or whatever yeah. until I know what it is. Yeah. And they go, we're releasing this. And I'm like, hmm. It's really not that big. Mm. It's like it's a bit underwhelming a lot of the time. Mm. Now we couldn't legitimately couldn't get to the Ford thing, which is disappointing because the announcement was big. Well, we thought it was about the Raptor, and it was. It the... was about the Raptor in some part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I went all the way to Bangkok for. Yes. So we were still no one got lines. to drive the Raptor while they were down there. Is that so right? Should... Oh yeah, no, no, oh, it was dear. still just a publicity thing. Fair but enough. what was announced was that the Raptor is becoming the official uh, recovery car of yeah. the Supercars Championship, the Virgin Australia Supercars yeah. Championship. Yeah. Uh, um, as of like this year now, like mm. straight away mm. or next year. Anyway, I thought it was current. Yeah, um, I think it's straight away. Mm. It's it's hitting the track. Mm. But more importantly, mm. after some serious posturing from uh, Roger Penske, the now co-owner mm. of the DJR team Penske, um, Shell, you know Dick Johnson Racing team, mm. 
um, a, a month ago, over the last few weeks, he basically threatened to go to Holden because mm. he, he had no word from Ford as to what they would offer in terms of support for the category, so let alone the team. factory-based support. Yeah, yep. I mean, the, the problem is this is complicated, right? Mm. Factory-based support means a lot of different things now, but essentially Penske wanted some help. Right? Mm. He wanted to make sure that there was going to be a brand mm. behind it. Mm. Well, what they announced was the Mustang mm. is competing in the Supercar Championship from next year. Mm. Now, mate, that is massive. It is massive, massive. but look, in this day and age, are people falling for it? Because we all know it's just a shell. It's going to it's going to be taller. It won't even look like it'll look like a Mustang, yeah. but it won't be a Mustang. But do you but know what? I think they like do. Cars. I think you've got to put yourself in the... Um, in the, in the hot seat mm. under the under yeah. the team jersey and yeah. the and the hat of the supercar yeah. team and go, mate. Ford fans mm. cheering for an FG Falcon yeah. or whatever the hell they're called. Yeah. That's a two year old car now. They don't yeah, make true. them anymore, yeah, and exactly. they haven't made them. It's pretty hard. Yeah. Like after this year, mm. like they're all still on the road, right? Mm. But in twenty nineteen yeah. at Bathurst, it's a bit of October, a yeah, exactly. cheering for the Falcon <laughs> yeah, exactly. doesn't exist yeah. now. Commodore. Is doing really well yeah. as a supercar, like it's mm. winning everything, right? Mm. So, it while it's probably not resulting in sales, and I've still only seen one on the road. You know what? I don't think I've seen <clears> one. I think I think we're going to have and we'll stand by for the V facts. I yeah. think it's going to oh, be good horrible. Luck. Yeah, I think April There's is going to be horrible. There's from dealers about people asking and and looking but walking away. Right. You do hear that talk, right? Which I hope isn't the case, and I'm not biased because I want them to do well because it's a national brand. But oh geez, mate, well, I'm worried. When the Mustangs came out, you started seeing them almost immediately. Boom, boom, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I'm, now I'm talking Commodore hit showrooms yeah. end of Feb. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. So we've yeah. only had March mm. and a bit of April. Mm. So I think I think the worry. So on the track though, I reckon Holden fans mm. are very happy to cheer for the Commodore because it's winning, right? And I think as a race car, it looks bloody spectacular. Mm. I really like the look of it as a race car. So and also look, don't mind the look of it as a road car. I just mm. don't think it's it stands out like yeah. a Commodore used to. Yeah. Um, I think Mustang being Ford's car yeah. is huge for yeah. the Ford v Holden rivalry. Absolutely, yeah. But mate, how can you back a car like in the Commodore instance where you're not interested in the core product, the actual road car, uh, going forward? G- give it a couple of years' time. If the Commodore is an epic fail, I mean, where are they going to go? Because the Mustang's always going to be a success, uh, even you, with the new You model probably coming. don't know the answer to this, and I, I don't want you to guess, but yeah. can they just can they put a V8 in it? Like, does it fit? Like, like I, I'm just saying, like, in a year, could they backpedal and go, shh? Struth. I think it's been explained to me that it's almost impossible with, right. to change the architecture around. Yeah. Um, you'd have to build a new car. I'm just saying that's the only thing that's going to make yeah, it work. Yeah, exactly. Because as we, as we said a million why times, we haven't even looked at like it. 90% of Commodores were, were V6s anyway. Yeah, yeah. So it actually isn't a V8 car. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So you just maybe I mean, just having a token one might do the trick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the underpinnings can't even accommodate a tail shaft, for example. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, so it'd be a big... You'd have to create a You're whole new... You're rear-wheel drive as well. Yeah. Um, well you anyway... You wouldn't want to have a front-wheel drive I, V8, jeez. I just think... I do think the the Mustang is the is the best thing to happen to supercars because yeah, no, it was looking really risky. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole category, I don't mm. even know if Nissan's still recommitted because yeah. they recommitted, but then their bosses changed, so I'm mm. not sure how long they're going to commit for. Mm. You got to remember, um, Betty Clemenko mm. brought the Erebus team out mm. with the Mercedes, but mm. that see that's why you they can't got, do non factory yeah. backed yeah. cars. Exactly. They had to build these cars. They couldn't call them Mercedes. Mm. That's what Penske didn't want to do with mm. the Mustang. Mm. But mate, there's Mustangs everywhere. Yeah. Bloody smart move. Yeah. And I, you know what? I'm excited. Yeah, well, look, I, I, mean, I want it to work. I really do. And I just hope, I just hope the, the mentality of the supporters that have been around for a long, long time hasn't changed. I hope people don't grow out of the sport. Yeah. You know, it just I doesn't fall out of favour. 
Yeah, well, they, they still have big crowds this year. The yeah. Adelaide 500 was a record crowd. Absolutely. From, from memory. No so, one at Simmons Plains again, though. Yeah, but, I, yeah, it's one of those Why do they though. have that? <laughs> it's like, it was like Winton. Why do they have <laughs> Simmons Plains? Oh, Mate, they'll go the way Is of it the token Tasmania round? Yeah, it has to be. It has to be. Mate, Tasmania needs to build a new circuit or they're out. That's official. I know it's it's a unique circuit, <laughs> like super unique. To commit to a new circuit Is it turn three, the hairpin, yeah. and turn four, the big sweeping yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's spectacular. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it's also tiny. Yeah. And it's ugly. Yeah. Oh, well. Mate, supercars. <laughs> it's got to be national. <laughs> it's like, you've got to have your red fur. Anyway, Ovals. love your thoughts. Let us know at EFTM. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. A lot of buzz around the Alcatel uh, new range of 2018 smartphones. All of them feature 18 by 9 um, screens, which is this new tall or wide screen that you're seeing in all the top-end phones. The Alcatel um, 3V will come likely to Telstra, I think, uh, mid-year. This is a beautiful phone. It is a, a, it's a reasonably large phone, but it's only going to be $200. I've been playing with this for a little while now. I think it's impressive. But the good news is there's still a bunch of Alcatel phones on the market. Um, if you're interested, uh, check out Optus's A3 at $149 and a whole lot more at Alcatel. Just search up Alcatel on Google. Uh, how good's your memory? Depend. Look, if something's important to me, I will remember it for life. If I have no interest in something, won't remember it. How many people do you remember from school? Uh, if I looked at a class photo, no, I, no. If I gave you a name, like if you, if I threw a name at you, do you think I'm you'd... pretty good with that? Really? But, I mean, talking high school years, we had a small school, really. Right. So I was having a conversation with someone the other day on Twitter. I was trying to connect two people. Yeah. Um, uh, podcasters I've been listening to were trying to uh, track down this person. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I know the the person, so I yeah. said, "I oh, listen, hey mate, do do you know this guy? Uh, they might be interested in chatting to you." And he goes, "Mate, I went to school with him. <laughs> I'm mates with him on Facebook." Yeah. And I went, "Well, you what, mate?" And and it, like he blamed. I said, "I don't have that kind of memory." He said, mm. "Mate, you've got a few more K's on." I said, "Thanks very much." Oh, Forty, but yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, he's 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 re- recalling things like he um, uh, went to the same school, lived near there, went to the same primary school, primary school, right? Mm. Played at the schoolyard on weekends. Mm. I just, mate, got to be honest. Mm. <clears throat> there are at height. So I, you know, I had, um, I had early, early primary school, state school in Brisbane. Couldn't, mm. I wouldn't know anyone there. Mm. Um, Sydney, I went to two, one and a half years of primary school. Mm. I think there, oh, the only person I'd remember from there is Grant Ashby, son of Trevor Ashby, who was a, oh, yeah. a touring car driver. Yeah, yeah, Tur- Trevor Ashby and Steve Reed, right? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I'd remember Grant. Yeah. I, I don't know that I'd know him if I bumped into him. Yeah. Um, uh, then I went to Griffith, mm. where I I still have a very very good mate from Griffith, but I could probably name two mm. or three other people. There's a bunch of people on Facebook who you know their their messages come up and you go, who's that? Oh, oh must be Griffith High. Like you don't remember them. Mm. High school, I got a couple of people from from the Central Coast, mm. a core group of friends that I've remembered and mm. stuck with, and there's a couple of names you could throw at me. But mate. I have a very, very, very poor memory of back then, and I, I must be unique because I find people have much better abilities of remembering that kind of stuff. Mate, I, I'm very good with it. I, I'm <clears> really? just thinking back to primary school. I mean, we used to create little legends uh, amongst ourselves. Like, for example, we thought a, a girl called Beatrice Godotti <laughs> went missing. 
and there was mysterious circumstances around her, her disappearance. Beatrice Godotti would have been year four. And I remember probably two or three months ago, one of my mates, Chris Pulo, tracked her down on Facebook. Wow. It just turned out she moved to Queensland. There was, uh, you know. Oh, because she'd left the school. She just left she... the school. There was a, we had an exchange student from Japan, which was very unusual on the Central Coast back then. I remember her. She was Stella Hung. And uh, she was a real novelty because, you know, she, she could speak English better than us. She was better at everything than us. She, you know, a genius. Um, Warwick Yee. So well, I remember a Warwick Yee. They start coming back to you when you really oh, think see, about it. Tragic. What did Warwick do? He, he, he was the Asian guy and he had amazing handwriting. Right. Like, see, and this is, it sounds racist, but back in, back in our day at school, yeah, yeah. you know, immigration, multiculturalism was so, we, we didn't Completely have the different. level of integration yeah, we exactly. have now. Yeah. Warwick was super smart and yeah. had the most beautiful handwriting yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah. seen in my life. Yeah. Here's the tragic thing. I've just remembered a name. Like, I'm pretty sure Penny Lee, right? And I'm talking, this has Penny to be Lee. year five, right? Penny, this has Penny to be year five. She was blonde yes. and she was, she was the, she was the hot girl. Yeah. And this is just year five, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm just thinking now this is really awful because now my son's in year six. So yeah, I'm thinking, you're, oh, you're a sicko. What is he, what is he really thinking? <laughs> well, I had one in year two, Jackie Shaw, Ashley Maxwell, my first love. Misty Hudson, I remember one day she called what me. Misty Hudson one day called me in front of the blackboard. I remember the conversation, a wuss. And because I, I wouldn't do something controversial, I can't remember what it was. Uh, but she called me a wuss and it stuck with me ever since. So harden up after that. Misty Hudson. <laughs> hard she Misty harden him up. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is primary school, Trev. Um, <laughs> I hadn't gone in that part. No, I'm yes. pretty good. Stephen Yates used to try and bash me in year seven and eight. Never got to me. I was too quick. Used to be able to run away from him. But, so I don't, I don't, did, did you get bash bullied? No. Uh, look, I think I was. Were hit, you? Hang on. Were you the bully? No, I was. A, I was a smart aleck and always talked my way out of it. I think that was me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't remember. I remember not being in the crew. Yeah, yeah. Like no, not was, being in the no, club. No, but no. I'm pretty sure it was because I was just a smart ass. I was. Yeah, I, I was. I was a bit of a clown, and so people appreciated me for that. And then I also did reasonably well, so I was kind of a nerd as well. So I was in no real group. Um, I was punched in the head once by Matthew Wade in music class because I think he took my flute. Um, what about rem- your memory? I remember Craig Harvey in you. Well, oh, no, I don't think. Mate, if any of these people are listening at EFTM at Trevor Long, I want to know about this. Craig Harvey took my seat in a demountable, which I used to sit in. It was my seat. It had a window view of the uh, Caroline Bay area, which is on the central coast of these guys. Took my seat, and I just punched him. <laughs> and I couldn't knock the, um, you know, the, 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 I don't know, something off of something. Um, but look, he punched me back as well. And, and, and it was a bit of a blue. So look, yes, I do remember certain Mate, people. I, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. I'm blind. I, I, so what I'm wondering is, is this as bad as my immature palate, my picky eating? Hmm. Like, am I just, is, is this not the it's case for everyone? You've got a trait. But but here's the crazy thing, and maybe if there's someone with a psychological bent in their mind that can explain this to me, how is it that I don't? And my wife has my wife hates this, right? Hates the fact that I don't remember things. Yeah. But you ring me up on the radio and ask me which model TV, well, whatever, right, yeah. and it's just all there, right? Yeah, the tech worlds are very complicated. Even the car space. I, I don't know how you recall detail like that. Um, and, and obviously I listen to a lot of you just, you know, ad lib. I oh, know, look, you live and breathe it. So that's what I'm saying. If you're interested in something, surely you're going to remember the key things. If you obviously weren't interested in having any sort of friendships at school. <laughs> the Mate, most... my, my friends, I remember the close ones, but I only had in primary school, I don't, as I said, Grant, mm. Ashby, mm. 
Ian from from Griffith, yeah. and I've got some really close mates from from Woi Woi High. Yeah, but not many. Yeah, like it, it'd be ten. If he gave me, and if you gave me the class photo, which is like three hundred people, yeah. mate, I'd probably pick twenty. No, I'm good. I could do most of them. Yeah, yeah. There's just one more story before we go. Um, I used to ride my bike home from primary school because it was quite close. And there was one bloke giving me grief for some reason. He was a big bloke. I can't remember his name. But then I, I, I realized another guy at the road who was in my class, Daniel Canaro, was a black belt. <laughs> one day in the uh, the park just off Blanche Street in North Gosford, the bloke tried to pick on me and Daniel Canaro went to town on him. Mate just threw him to the ground like he was nothing. <laughs> <It> was <cold. laughs> the bloke was about four or five did years. Did you pay him or did he just defend you? He just defended me. And, and then took his wallet. <laughs> he took we gave him back to him the next day or something like that but yeah no oh. I remember all these key people and I'm not friends with them anymore I just don't know what they're up to I, would, I couldn't Did tell you, you have you done any reunions uh, look I've been invited to a few but I just I don't know man I'm not see I don't do them yeah I don't I don't do them I, I, it's not because I, I think I'm superior to them I just I don't know mate if I'm not mates with them now I, I don't I didn't particularly enjoy school really so no, I don't want to reminisce about that sort of thing to be like, it's just not my thing. It's like an old boys clubs going on. I just, you know, school was a long time ago. It's very long time <laughs> Just ago. let it go. We're doing our best these days, aren't we? Fair enough. <laughs> We're weirdos. <laughs> we are weirdos. Daniel Canaro. Hi, Grant Ashby. Damien can do so. There's a, oh, there's a Griffith High oh, School can name. can do so, eh? Griffith High School. That sounds sus. He would have been in one of those. Deuce, oh, I better mate. not say that. That's, yeah. Deuce. Yeah. His dad was a builder or something. He had a massive three, like a big house. That was awesome. Like, he was the rich kid. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was always a rich kid, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joel Morris was our rich kid. They had like an S-Class Merc. It was a gold one, 89 version. And that was the go. See, we had an 85, uh, 85 Ford Laser. We had a Toyota Corona 86, and at one point, oh, what were they called? Can't remember. It's lost. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. It's a piece of crap, whatever it was. Talk about babies, mate. Babies and new, new, meeting new people. It was a gallant. Let's not talk about babies mm. not liking people, because mm. your baby hates me. No, look, let's establish a few facts here. Okay. Okay, look, I don't know what phases kids... Well, there are all these steps that fa- kids go through. Yeah. I don't know. I can't keep track of it. I think it's up to step six or seven. <laughs> I've got no idea. I'll just There's get told. No, steps. leaps, sorry. They're leaps, mm-hmm. not steps. And so, look, he's gone from being a very, very cordial, you know, accommodating person. He'd smile and laugh and hang out with anyone who approached him. He'd just give away smiles. Like, you know, just like he was a charity. Has he given too many he's throwing money is he, is he, is he exhausted his He's smiles. exhausted him. <laughs> and so occasionally I need to call upon you to do a bit of a car swap. Um, because logistically it can be hard for me to get somewhere with a baby because I'm looking after on, on Thursdays or Fridays. So here's little Henry in the pram, mm. not looking happy because Dad's got his uh, builder's crack out, putting the car seat it's in the about back. about 32 And I've degrees. gone, come here, buddy, let's have a chat. Picked him up and he's just lost his mind. <laughs> he just, it was like you were Darth Vader. Lost <laughs> his mind. Like completely lost his mind. And the worst part of that is, and this is the worst thing as a... Mm. It's actually worse as a parent who yeah, I know. you know knows how kids work yeah. to then hand a kid back and them to go, oh, sweet, they hey. instantly go to Dad? normal. It's just, sweet, you know, buddy. Crocodile tears. But he's just going through that stage. I mean, you know, even dropping him off at daycare, he's hysterical. But it lasts for a minute. If he was to spend more than a minute with you, it would have been fine. I guess it's just a separation anxiety thing. But it has taken me by surprise. We even had my wife works in television. There was a local story that broke near our house today. So we had her come over. And the cameraman, when the camera guy walked into our house to do a bit of work and set whatever he needed to do up, 
Henry again, freaked out. He wasn't even approached by So this mum bloke. and dad are home. Yeah, yeah. New dude in the house. He's like, whoa, he's whoa, saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Where are we going? This is new. This is different. I, I think I'm raising him correctly, Trev, and I hope this is normal behaviour. But <laughs> And I hope he gets out of it. Is it instant? He, he, he looks at them momentarily, realises that's, he analyses them sort of like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger did with his little red yeah. eye <laughs> and then determines this is a threat potentially. Do not know this person. Look, I'm sure there's plenty of parents out there who've been through this. Mm. Um, they can let us know on our uh, Twitter page or Facebook if, if this is normal behavior. But... Where's the worst place for that to happen though? Because it's kind of, you know, who cares at home because it's, you know, the camo. But mm. like at the shops, because you, you're massive daddy daycare. You're, you're yeah, one of the biggest yeah, yeah. Uh, stay-at-home I'm, dads I'm, I'm aware I'm of. I'm just running with it for some um, reason. Well, it's because, you know, your wife's earning all the money. Um, <laughs> what I'm doing my share. What, what like, is it, does it happen at the shops? Like, how bad is it at oh, this mate, stage, look, well, in this I, leap? I, I haven't done a lot of shopping with him. I mean, we're usually in lockdown when we're at home. <laughs> lockdown, <laughs> we, mate. No, we, we, we go out for, for drives occasionally. I haven't really had a... An experience outside the home where he's gone off his brain. Yeah. He's used to the neighbours. He's good with the neighbours. He knows it. And I'll tell you what. And I don't go to the play groups and the mothers' groups. Obviously, um, my wife does that. He he's obviously. establishing little. Obviously. He's, he's, he's establishing little friendships with kids his age. There's little George and Isla. So he's recognising kids his age, right? And be, he's going straight to them and, and doing what they do. Have you analysed their uh, their conversations? It's quite funny to watch. Really, yeah, I know it's weird, but there's a lot of gouging too. Like just inadvertent. <laughs> they just grab each other's eyes and their toys and it's um it's sharing's uh, not an easy thing Henry, to teach. Henry, that's ouchy. Ouchy. Breaking news, sharing doesn't come in until like the <laughs> no, age of I've three not, or four. I've noticed. They just do not want to share. But look, <laughs> interesting time. And look, I'm looking forward to Jeff going through the same experience. I know he's not going to spend as much time at home, but look, he's, there's going to be times when he's with him or her and he's just going to come across these features, which... Uh, very interesting. And I've got to say, Trev, I used to say to you that kids are surely like looking after mm. an advanced pet. So I, I was a non-believer, but gee whiz, I've changed. Because they're not a pet, mate, are they? No, no. It's not the same. You know, exactly. <laughs> Do you know what? Mm. I just want pets. Mm. Can I just for a moment, and maybe this is the unique opportunity I have to, to establish this as a reality. Yeah. Before you had Henry... The beautiful little man that he is. Yes. You've got a cat and a dog. Yes, I do. Did yeah. you Do you see them as your children? Yeah, they're fur kids. Okay. Yeah. So. And now we pay them no attention. <laughs> you literally, and the cat knows it. I, I, I made the mistake tonight mm. of uh, referring to a dog yeah. as she. You know, very <laughs> yeah. familiar. Oh, yeah. it was funny because she did this and then that. Yeah. And, and the dog's owner said, it's a he. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And I went, well, mate, I mean, is it really? Yeah. How am I supposed to know about having a proper look? Serious. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, the name is not obvious. I mean, the the name we use is a a shortened, uh, Mm. like a nickname. The full name, I guess, is Mm. a a male name. Mm. But honestly, is it it okay to get upset about something like that? No, it's, uh, it's not okay. People are way too close to their pet. Look, for some, it's a real companion, you know, type. Oh man, and I love animal. it. I, I, yeah. You know, and, and I think especially in this case, it's yeah. like I'm so so pleased yeah. that you have this companion in yeah. life because yeah. it is. It's yeah. it's grounding. Mm. It's something to to yeah. keep you back. It's yeah. something to connect you to home yeah. and all these things. Yeah. But just take a chill yeah. on making it sound like that's the same yeah. as having the three little rugrats that I've got. Yeah, I know because exactly. it ain't the same. Yeah. Well, in any way, shape, or form. There was an interesting conversation we had um, when Henry was born, and he 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 just had a chronic cough for a while and, mm. and was a bit wheezy, and we're wondering why. And the doctor just said, "Look, it's just a bug." And 
my sister-in-law said, well, he could be allergic to the cat. Oh. And I was like, yeah, well, that's going to be a problem going forward, isn't it? And then the, the issue was raised, well, we'll have to get rid of the cat. And I, I thought to myself, oh, there's no way I'm getting rid of the cat. That's just not happening. But then you think, well, hang on. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> What's the most important thing here? So, yes, it does change Well, I, you know, and I'm happy to admit, yeah. I, I did get rid of a cat yeah. because of our kids. Did um, you? Yeah, Polly. Do you, do we have oh, yeah, of course you had two. Black one and white passed Polly. away. One passed away. Oh, we oh, talked oh, about that. You actually, had to, you actually Pol- got rid of it. Yeah. Polly, uh, and we didn't just go and say to a vet, say, knock it out. Yeah. Um, we rehomed it. Yeah. We essentially paid. <laughs> knock it out. Oh, and I've got to tell you. I think it was like sixteen hundred dollars. So it was a lot of money yeah, yeah, at the time to, to pay. It was yeah. a joint out near your way now. It's yeah, like right. it's way out there. Yeah. Um, where essentially we, you know, through tears, handed mm. uh, Polly over, yeah. and Polly would live with these people until she was rehomed. Yeah. And I remember getting an email saying, "Just letting you know, yeah, Polly's been rehomed with a lovely elderly lady. Yeah. Um, she'll be great." Yeah. And that made me feel great. And I, I, you know, I paid a lot of money to make sure that she wasn't, you know, just abandoned and yeah. destroyed, right? Yeah. But see, Polly was not compatible with kids. Right. Polly was not a cuddly cat. Yeah, sure. She was plump and cuddly, mm, but mm. did not want to be picked up mm. ever. Mm. Like I'm talking pick yeah. ups, claws. Yeah, sure. You can't, that's not a cat, no, you kid can't cat. Have that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It just didn't work. Bob, who'd passed away before um, uh, Jackson yeah. was born, would have been yeah. bloody perfect. Yeah. Would have still been wandering around now going, what's going on here? And mm. just been awesome. But sometimes it just doesn't work, does yeah. it? Well, yeah. Well, see, Felix is, to, for the right people, quite cuddly. Yeah. To a limit. Yeah. So You've posted some photos recently where right. it's like, lucky, lucky he's... he's he knows the, the dangerous the, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dragging yeah. the cat around with his tail. So Felix has a limit. <laughs> but if he goes around the other side and starts gouging him I in the face... I feel like Henry's going to be a, a, a snake wrangler. So yeah, just, exactly. I'll just pick up snakes, no dramas, but I will never go near the head. But the good thing is Felix, he, he, he knows he'll do the slow bite. So he'll, he'll, he'll put his arm inside his mouth, but it'll only be a, a soft sort of mm. biting sensation. But look, if uh, Henry continues going down the path of years, there will be a vicious attack one day. But no, look, um, we'll, we'll train, obviously, Felix, um, Felix Henry out of all that sort of behaviour, we hope, because uh, yeah, Felix could be around for another, I don't know, eight years. So we've got a while to go. Um, Bowen. Yeah. Did you know... That as of some point later this year, mm. we're required to slow down mm. around emergency vehicles. Yeah, look, saw this. So when they, but where uh, did you see it? Just uh, in our WhatsApp group? No, no, I was where I, I should have raised it actually. I mean, it was covered extensively in the news, I, I guess. Um, so this is where they're on the side of the road. Their lights are flashing, basically. Yeah. So if a police has pulled someone over yeah. and their lights are flashing, yeah. or an ambulance is on the side of the road, yeah. or in any circumstance, a police fire or ambulance yeah. is on the side of the road with their lights flashing. Yeah. And you're driving past, you have to go 40. Yeah, that's right. So what I didn't know, though, was that it's already being applied in South Australia and has for and a Victoria, while. And Victoria, apparently. I didn't know that either. And so I've been on various car launches where you've seen them on the side of the <clears> road, <throat> and we just cruise past doing 100, and everyone else is really... Maybe it is South Australia, you're right. They really back off. And I've actually said to whoever I was with at the time, geez, they take the cops seriously around here. Well, I know why. <laughs> it's yeah. the law. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's so a good couple, idea. I'm I have happy a couple of it. problems with it, right? I, no, I, yeah. I, no, no, love the idea. Yeah. Although, think about the traffic dramas that occur with an accident, a genuine accident mm. and the rubbernecking, right? Yeah. You know when you drive past something yeah. on the other side of the yeah, road yeah, yeah. and it's just traffic because people are rubbernecking. You'll never, and you can't stop it. Well, so maybe maybe that's not a bad thing then because it's yeah. essentially just enforced mm. rubbernecking, right? Yeah. But, mate, in terms of a new law coming in, mm. what's the what's the flexibility on it? Yeah, well... Like, because if I get pulled over in uh, September when it comes into force, I think mm, it is, mm. like, they're going to go, did you know about this? Mm. 
And who's going to enforce it? Like the bloke's already pulled someone over. He's not going to go. Well, hang on, that bloke's just flown past. I better go get him as well. Yeah. So I it'd guess, be like an unsafe release for him to go booming down. I, I guess it's more of a guideline than a law. I doubt many people get pinged for it. It's like you know, slowing down around buses. They've got the speed limit on the back of their sign. On yeah, the back true. Of the bus. The, but the you know, in a school sign. in a school time, you, you, yeah, yeah. I pay great attention to yeah, that. Yeah. But um, look, uh, there, there was a tragedy in Sydney, which I think has basically there's, sparked it. There's been many a uh, an incident yeah. with the police. Yeah, let's exactly. Be yeah, it was a drink. Uh, it was an RBT, and a couple yes. of police officers were taken. The bloke was actually texting and. They receive severe injuries, but look, I'm happy with it. I, I don't think too many people get pinged. It's, I guess, it's just going to become a cultural thing. You'll, you'll, you'll just naturally do it. And that seems to be how it's working in Adelaide because they do do it on mass, right? And I've seen it happen a couple of times. And so it's kind of like a school zone because in a yeah. school zone, not everyone knows it or sees it. So, but everyone slows down. You go, oh my god, what's ever? What? You, sometimes you go, what are you? Do? Oh, yeah. Oops, yeah. sorry. Even <laughs> like you know, my commute to work is sometimes during school zone times. And look, people on my commute, outside of the school zones, they're doing in an 80 zone. They're doing 95. Like, mm. it's just that rush to work. It happens a lot. But most people, you know, when it comes to school zones, they're happy to slow down. Yeah. Because, you know what, you look like a social outcast if you don't. Yeah. You know, and, and most people have, well, not most, but a lot have kids. So they think about that. It makes them think. Um, so, look, school zones are different. Happy with it. Uh, it'll be in law. The first one who gets pinged won't be happy. Um, I hope it's not me. I um while we're on the subject of uh, great law enforcement officers, <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. Cops are tops. I don't <laughs> love cops. I don't know whether this will work, Bodog, but yeah. maybe uh maybe push my mic up. I think I've got the right video here. Let's play it. Um, it's not playing. <clears throat> Just stand by, Just everybody. Stand by for this is some incriminating dash cam audio. Yeah, no, it's not playing. I've got I've got great audio from the dash cam, but I've obviously found the wrong one. But yeah. mate. I shared this in the uh, in the in the group chat, mm, mm. Um, but for our audience, cops are tops. Yep. that's what I want to say right now. Cops are, are tops. Are good. I took the uh, Mercedes E Class E four hundred prior to a, a Today Show segment of this oh, week sir. up to my mum's pub. Yep. Now I had three kids in the car. Mm. I I was testing essentially the autonomous mm. capabilities of it, the mm. lane keep assist or the radar cruise control and all mm. those kind of things. We've discussed very early on in this program mm. the uh, which speeds you do on the freeways. Mm. I'm a, in 110 zone, I'm normally at 120 on the dial, mm. which is 113 or 14 yep. in real world. Yep. So I, I had a dash cam running, so Jackson could tell me at all times what our exact speed mm. was. Mm. I was pretty much on that 113, 114. Mm. <clears throat> so we've turned off the main highway to mm. turn up to my mum's joint. Coming along the Oxy Highway, I've fanged it past this gibber who's going real slow. But this, I did. This is a twin turbo V6 too, by the way. Yeah, but I didn't. That's a great sound too. You yeah, love it. it is. But I didn't. Uh, I didn't actually go that fast around this person. They yeah. were going that slow. Yeah. Anyway, so we start cruising at like maybe a kilometer up the road, yeah. and flashing lights come at me, and I've gone. And I. This is when it happens. Three kids in the car. I've just gone. Oh. <laughs> I didn't swear. I've been very good. I've pulled over. And mate, I should play the audio at some point of of that the the ensuing minute mm. where he's turning around, pulling over, mm. getting out of the car, getting his stuff, putting his hat on, whatever, walking towards me. Because at that point, my kids are going, "What are you doing? What's Dad? going on? Like, why'd you yeah, pull over? Yeah, they didn't yeah. see the cop car or anything." Yeah. And I'm I'm having to explain fines yeah. and tickets yeah. to them. Right? Yeah. This bloke, you know, comes to the window, and I just looked at him and said, <laughs> "What was I doing?" And he goes. 114, mate. Uh, count. He goes. He goes. 114, pretty close to the line, mate. Count to ten. Oh, so yeah. Count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, mm. ten. Mate, you're very close to the line. Take it easy out there. 
Yeah, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, right. He turned and walked away. See, that- and I'm like, and I just, I went, wow. And I said to the kids, that is the nicest man you'll ever meet. Well, see, it's good policing. Look, mate, it's based on some of their clientele. He's just looked at you and gone, that's a normal bloke. He's got his kids in the back. He, he He's not some hoon. If you're some pee player, well, if you're a pee player, you'd be in a lot of strife anyway. Is that the right thing to do? Is that the right thing to have happen, do you reckon? He's profiling people. Yeah. And I think that it's important sometimes. Well, do you know what? So maybe you're right. So yeah. I looked at it and went, uh, we've often been told by close friends in yeah. highway that 10% plus three yeah, is the right. rule, right? Yeah, exactly. So at 100 on, zone, 10%, 113. Yeah. Um, 10% plus three is 113. Yeah. Now, I, my GPS says I was doing 113. He says 114. Let's yeah. call it 114, yeah. mate. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically saying, mate, that is essentially the line. He's yeah. confirmed that for me for a start. Mm. And maybe he is going, well, you know what? It is, mm. it's not some idiot. Yeah. It's not some hoon. Yeah. He's going to learn from this lesson. And I did, mate. I, I mean, I, I didn't change my habits, but yeah. I just, I was much, there are parts of that road on the Oxford Highway where I would normally, be going crazy because yeah, it's a great road yeah, you, you yeah. open you can see everything i would have easily broken the speed limit mm, on the mm, way to mums mm, i didn't mm, and i had it on cruise control and went all the way so mm, maybe he did me a favor himself mm, favor in the roads a favor in my mm, kids mm. but mate cops are tops <laughs> great mate, outcome it happened to me a couple of weeks ago uh, a motorcyclist in the city a police uh, bloke on a motorcycle pulled me over and accused me of touching my phone because they do a lot of this in the city, particularly where I pick these cars up. And they're, they're cruising down and they're looking into cars. And they've got cameras on their helmets. So he's looked in. I've seen him. And he's pointed, you know, pull over. So I've pulled over and I'm going, I know what this bloke's about to accuse me of. My sunglasses, and I've got, so I've got prescription sunglasses. I've just come out of a, a factory where I picked up a car. So I was about to change my prescription normal glasses to my sunglasses. Very bright day. Picked up my sunglasses off the top of my phone. They were t- on top of my phone in the center console. That's all I did. I honestly didn't touch the phone. I spent 10 minutes with this bloke arguing. And he goes, mate, I saw it. You made the... Uh, how, how, what said, sort of argument? He said, I've seen... It's a familiar movement. I, I've seen it plenty of times. You've reached down. I can see where the phone is. You are clearly t- uh, looking at your texts. And I said, well, mate, I can show you. There's no current texts on my phone. I said, you've got a camera on your, your helmet as well. Go back and look at what you saw. And I was in a car that, and the the, back, the the rear window is quite heavily tinted, and that's where he approached from. So I don't know how clear his vision was. There could have been a bit of reflection. So look, he did the checks. Uh, the car had a Queensland. Sorry, so he went. Yeah, oh, he, he did the checks on the Rego. He on the Rego, he didn't check the video. No, he never didn't. Well, it would have been too hard. I don't know how it works. I don't think it's, they can. It's obviously stored somewhere, and they'd have to go back to base, mm. I, I assume. Uh, I did the checks. It was Queensland number plates because it was a press vehicle and it come from Queensland. Then I had to explain why I had that. I'm living in New South Wales. And then he just said, look, mate, it's a contentious one. Well, I'll let you go on this occasion. And I was getting a little bit abrupt with him at the end, which is not a good thing to do with a police no, officer. No, I don't think so. But I was, I just felt like, because, you know, it's four points. And to me, that's going to be a bit of an issue, <laughs> you know, particularly in our little world. Um, but anyway, so I got away with that one and I didn't get away with anything. Hang on, how, how abrupt were you with him at the end? I was getting increasingly frustrated because I was quite certain he was about to write me a ticket. The way he was wording, he, just the the tone of his voice, and yeah. it's like it's just a routine thing he's doing. I mean, imagine riding around the city on a bike looking into cars. You, mm. you'd, you'd pick up one every ten minutes. Yeah, I've seen a woman in an Audi do it, and you know she she remained on the phone while the officer was gesturing to her to pull over, and she's like, "What are you? What? What?" And she's like, oh, "And put a phone down." I don't know what happened subsequently. I kept going, so they get it a lot, and they probably cop a lot of grief. But look, he he did let me off, so full credit to him. <laughs> No points. Cops are tops. <laughs> Cops are tops. We do love them.
Now, Trev, you've had a bit of a change in lifestyle recently. Mm. You know, you you um you used to be on radio, <laughs> so you, you don't have that happening at night anymore, which I think is a good thing for you. And I've always said that, particularly since the day it happened. And then you do the Today Show now, basically every day, which yeah. is a very early morning breakfast show. Starts at what six? Um, so you get in there and create your little segment, whatever you have to do. I assume around that time. Yeah. Early start. Thanks for just assuming everything. About early start. Well, I, I just know you pretty well. I'm tipping that's what you're doing. Yeah. A lot of prep goes into it, and then you come home, and then other times you got other things across the day. But when you do come home, I'm tipping sometimes you squeeze in a little net and nap. Well, look, I uh, I think it was the other about two weeks ago. Yeah. Again, in the WhatsApp group, I've just said, "Listen, boys, I'm about to have a nap." So <laughs> you did. You, did. Just you gone, actually announced it. I'm out. Yeah. Oh, just uh, just leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. I'm having a nap. And then four minutes later, I'm ringing you up. Okay, listen, I know someone who wants you to go on air. <laughs> Wake the f up. I'm just going get up. So I'm just saying, and it is look a very unique thing because we we don't work mm. normal mm. Um, nine to five jobs. But man, I'm saying mm. there's a there's a I don't do drugs, <laughs> um, I don't I don't have any vices, but the benefits to a day sleep yeah. are immense. Absolutely, you I'm can fully take agreeing. your homeopathy bloody oh. meditation and just have a nap, folks. But, but not too long. Not no, a, mate. Twenty five minutes. Oh, that's short. Yeah. I like a good solid hour. I, I will always set an alarm for yeah. an hour away, and yeah. I always set an alarm for the you know emergency time, yeah, whatever yeah. that thing is yeah. I need to do. Yeah, the next task. Because, mate, yeah. I could easily just go for yeah. the day. <laughs> yes. like, yeah. But the other thing is it happens – I do it in cars too. Yeah. I, I will well, – sleep. No, yeah, mate. I So I drove to Canberra a week or week yeah, ago yeah. or so, and on the way back, it's just – mate, sometimes driving just tires me out. Mm. It's just a tragic thing at this age, but yeah. it just tires me yeah. out. Um, I pulled, I was still in the kind of, um, early Hume Highway end mm. down at Canberra end. Just off pull, the federal. Pulled into a, it might have been on the federal. No, it was just off the federal. Mm. Pulled into a, a, like a side street, which yeah. kind of ran parallel. Yeah. Pulled under a set of trees. Yeah. Set my, set my alarm for 18 minutes yeah. away. Mm. Just had a sleep. Mate, I woke up. It yeah. had been like I'd been asleep for three hours. Oh, the French do it. It was fantastic. Lots of uh, European nations do it. Little siestas. But do you do it? Cause I, uh, here's the situation, Bodog. And I want to bring you into this here, but yeah. and I don't want to create any dramas in your marriage, yeah. but. Your wife texts me the other day, and she's gone, when was the last time Chris, okay, and that's just weird for me, um, responded to a WhatsApp message? And I went, I'm not getting involved in this. What's this about? Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know what's, I thought, oh, Jesus, there's drama, what's he done, what's going on? And so what I'm is, just- Was around midday? I'm stalking, right? I'm looking, and I, I try WhatsApp calling you, yeah. I check, and I'm like, okay. And I didn't reply, and oh. then she replied. She said- um, she said something like, you know, there's noise at home, but he won't answer his phone, and there's someone knocking on the door, because she's got the notifications, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the Arlo and yeah, for the for ring and or whatever ring. the hell, right? Yeah, I can't get away with anything. And so at this point, I'm going, I don't know, I think she's just being legit worried about you, yeah, yeah. so I'm going to engage here, and I've gone, look, I don't know, I've tried to call him, <laughs> and mate, you're having a nap. Well, mate, mate, you're having a nap. Staying at home is hard with your son. <laughs> All right. When Henry takes a nap, you're taking a nap. That's what I'm calling well, him. He, he missed his morning nap and he went to sleep at 11.30. And how long did you we must have been a... out for two hours? Oh, no, it was about an hour and a half. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't normally, I put it in. Do you do... normally mute your phone? I don't, I put in do not disturb because I just, because during the day you get so many notifications, too many, and the buzzers wake up. Do you have up. do not disturb settings yeah. so that if you call within two rings that it rings? Well, can you turn that on, mate? Because then your wife I, can I, contact you. I'd have to check that. So I, here's some tech help for everyone. I, Bun, I want you to open up settings. Yes, settings. Uh, Bones with an iPhone. Uh, if you've got an iPhone, Jesus, this is a great tip. T- by the way. Sorry, mate. I'll turn That's the echo right, off yeah. for you, mate. I should have said something earlier. Oh, I did. So I did do, sense do it. not disturb. Go to do not disturb. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just looking for the. Oh, I'll find it somewhere. Um, do not disturb. Mm. And then 
there's uh, there's a tick box that says repeated calls. Can you see that? Yeah, I'm just <laughs> settings. Yep, sorry. Do not disturb. Yep, got it. Do and then th- when, down the page. Okay, so when do not disturb is enable calls and alerts that arrive while locked will be silenced and a moon icon will appear. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay forget that, mate. Go okay, down so to repeated oh, calls. repeated calls. So what happens now is when anyone so rings, I'm flick this on. Flick it on, mate. A second call from the same person within three minutes on. will not be will not be silenced. <laughs> so if your beautiful wife rings you mm. and then within three minutes rings again while you're in do not disturb mode, your phone will actually ring. What about this is interesting actually. My scheduled do not disturb times between five AM and eight o'clock at night. You what, mate? <laughs> Look. <laughs> that's bizarre. Well that's a bit 5 a.m. or 5 p.m.? Well, that's 5 a.m. So it's probably not on scheduled mode. Yeah, no, it wasn't. So my scheduled do not disturb time is 10.34 p.m. to 4.16 a.m. 10.34? Yeah. That's that's pretty exact. I never use round numbers. Well, I guess it's just as exact as 10.35, isn't it? That's pretty exact time. Well, so it's 1034. Yeah, it's, it's just a round, like it's a zero you're or a five. A I don't do it. Weirdo. <laughs> yeah, listen, I've been through this with my wife. All right. <laughs> did you know that? Did I was she asleep. tell you she'd been texting me? Yeah, she told me. Okay, good, because I didn't want to get her in trouble. And when I watched back through the Arlo camera on the baby <laughs> camera, Henry had woken momentarily and went back to sleep. His cry wakes me up. That's my, that, in fact, that's what I was using as my alarm. He's a human alarm. Do you know, um, so I, I'm a, I slept through most of the kids' stuff, um, at night. <laughs> Now I, we had we had moments where we, we scheduled who would feed and whatever, yeah. but I had a very clear way of waking up. Yeah, it was swear words. Swear words. So Amanda is an amazing mum. Yeah, she did an amazing job. Top our woman. Ki- our kids are fantastic. Yep. But gee whiz, kids can be a pain in the ass at two a.m. in the morning <laughs> for the third time that night. And so if I heard a yeah. S yeah. word or yeah. an F word. Yeah. Somehow my body would just go, oh, there's more drama than normal. Get up and help. Get up and take over. Send her back to bed and take over. The wife alarm. So essentially, because I I was working 9 to 5, she was at home. So that was essentially the deal on weekdays. They actually have to sleep. Like, you know, I've got to be able to function. So that was the deal. But, you know, when she needed the help, it would just simply come down to a swear word, mate. If that swear word came out, I'm up. I'm up. Ready to go. (laughs) Off you go. But yeah. I'm I'm calling for day naps to be introduced. Yeah, well, for all they should be scheduled in the workplace. Mate, workplaces should have nap rooms. So well, don't Google do stuff. like oh, that. they're wankers. You know, though. Yeah, little bunks. I'm talking to real people, real places where yeah, people actually rooms. work. Like people with Google don't actually work. Some aircraft uh, airline lounges have quiet rooms where you can sit. They back. do. Yes, there's one in particular somewhere where there's just this beautiful scenery in front of you, and you just sit back and chill. Is it a cafe. Oh, I cafe think it lounge is. in Hong Kong. Yeah. Oh, I haven't been to Hong Kong. I don't know where it is. So, last thing I'll say to you about naps is, did you see, uh, this is random, but uh, I think it was Airbus Mm. talking about whether or not they could fit uh, comfortable beds Mm. into the cargo hold. cargo section, yeah, I did see that. Would you go downstairs into, like, they look like sailor beds, you know, they're just those little bunks. Yeah. Would because that that's proper lie flat. As long as it's pressurized down there and it's just the same as it is upstairs, I'm happy to go down. I don't want to sleep next to someone. Like, there'd want to be a good barrier between you and the other person. Oh, well, it's just up up and down, isn't they've it? Got, you know they've got beds on 747s for the the air, the, um, the hosties yeah. and the pilots? Yeah, why secret they bunks. There? Yeah, so that, mate, they can do it. Um, no, I'd be quite happy to do that. Bring it on. You know the XPT? <clears throat> if you book... Through Fasifan? If you book, if you book a, um, a, a, a berth, a sleeping berth, you can be placed in the same area as another person. Yeah, what, mate? You can be. Mate, read it on the Country League page. Because one day I wanted to actually do this. 
just I wanted to get a train by myself. This is when I was having strife in a previous relationship. <laughs> I said, you know, I, I love trades. I want to go to Brisbane and I'm going to book one of those. It's not that expensive. And then I read, if the other bed happens to not be filled, you may be in the same room as another person. Because there's two beds in yeah, everyone well, and they assume yeah. that people are going up as couples. Bugger that. Not going to happen. Just book both. Yeah, well... I mean, that's taking things too far. I wasn't that desperate to get away, so I drove to Broken Hill. Again, mate, if we didn't have families, imagine yeah. the road trips and crazy oh, stuff mate, we oh, do. Imagine the trips. <laughs> be In the interest of day. content, mate, yeah, this yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, I know. Jeez, kids hold you back. <laughs> I Can't say, wait I, to have you back, Jeff. I won't say wives. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for those who gave feedback about my interview with Billy Birmingham. It was just mm. a fun, quick chat. Uh, having spoken to him uh, about it, um, I thought, bloody hell, we may as well have another chat and record it, mate. It was a good, fun chat. It wasn't, to be honest, the best interview in the world, and, and it was just interesting to get well, his... Do hi- more of them. You, you're, you're the next Parko. <laughs> All right? You are. Michael Parkinson. Do you know what? I, I, or Oprah. So I did the interview in the in the interest of getting uh, quotes for mm. an article, which mm. I think the cricket thing's kind of moved on, so mm. I didn't do the article, mm. right? Mm. But I'm quite happy to do it. So if people have, and we're well connected, right? We're radio producers, so we can mm. find people, we can get people. Plus, we know people, right? We've got numbers. If if there's someone you want, especially mm. someone in our kind of sphere mm. uh, that you've heard us talk about, mm. if there's someone you want us to interview, mm. there's a couple of exceptions we just won't do. But if you name anything them, below the Pope and the President, we can probably get. Yeah, but there's some people that even though we could get them, we won't be doing. They're barred. Yep, there's just, we have a rule here. Some people are barred. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone associated Suggest with them. Suggest them all you like. We won't be <laughs> won't doing be them. But if there are people you'd like us to interview, yeah. it could be me or, or Bowen and I, it could be yeah. anyone, we um, we might grab them for the chat and we'll just put them into the stream because, hey, you've got mm. podcasts uh, listening to Phil in your life. And Absolutely. There may, may be many hours missing now since, uh, well, I'm not on the radio anymore. Oh, well, don't worry. It's only five hours a week. Drifting. We'll be back next week on the EFTM podcast. Goodbye.